This is Coffee at KYUK, conversation between friends and neighbors. Come in and have a cup. Today on Coffee, we'll hear from Dr. Katie Howard, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game's Salmon Ocean Ecology Program Leader. This is the presentation she made at the Alaska Board of Fisheries meeting this week about the decline of chum salmon in the Arctic, Yukon, and Kuskokwim rivers. As you'll hear, she says warmer-than-normal ocean temperatures in the Bering Sea and the North Pacific between 2016 and 2019 are a likely cause for the unprecedented low chum returns over the last few years. As you are aware, the concerns that are occurring for AYK chum salmon have really escalated in recent years. Since we saw dramatic declines in abundance starting in 2020 and through 2022. While chum salmon runs have been historically variable, recent patterns have been unprecedented. These poor runs have caused tremendous hardship for subsistence harvesters in the region, particularly since Chinook and Coho runs have also been poor, and chum runs are a critical subsistence food in the region. We know that a sudden and dramatic decline in chum salmon abundance was seen in adult runs from 2020 through 2022, The juvenile chum salmon that should have returned as adults in 2020 through 2022 were juveniles in 2016 through 2019. There is nothing in the abundance of these juvenile years that is alarming and would signal this very sharp decline. But there were some other indicators that these fish were in incredibly poor condition and they were unlikely to survive their first winter at sea. One of the metrics we look at for the condition of juvenile salmon at sea is how much energy they have stored in their bodies. Since we are sampling them right before their first winter at sea, they should have a lot of energy stored, usually in the form of fat, to keep them going through the winter. This figure shows energy storage in relation to sea surface temperature that these fish were experiencing, with values to the right indicating juveniles that experienced warmer temperatures. Now you may hear ecologists talk about the Goldilocks effect, and that's essentially what we're seeing on this figure. On the left side of the figure, the porridge is too cold and fish aren't storing as much energy. On the right side of the figure, the porridge is too hot and they really aren't storing much energy. And in the middle, it's just right. In many of these years, the porridge was too hot. In 2019 in particular, we saw the worst energy stored up by chum salmon in the 20-year history of of monitoring these fish. When you see instances where a few years in a row show very poor condition, we expect that to have a big effect on run year because multiple juvenile years contribute to any given run year. NOAA's Bay lab also conducts diet analyses for juvenile salmon. The very poor condition of juvenile chum salmon in these years is also reflected in the degree to which there wasn't much food in juvenile chum stomachs. Lower points on this figure indicate less full juvenile chum stomachs. Again, these stars are showing those juvenile years that should have returned as adults in 2020 through 2022. Not all years showed evidence of starving chum salmon, but many of the years we are concerned about do cluster together where we saw very little food in their stomachs. 
Simply put, this data indicates that juvenile chum salmon that should have returned in 2020 through 2022 were running on empty. These fish were not attaining the energy stores they need in their first summer at sea to help them survive their first winter and subsequent years at sea. Now, what best explains the exceptionally poor condition of juvenile chum salmon in these years are unprecedented ocean conditions. This map shows the temperature conditions that juvenile chum salmon in the years that should have returned in 2020 through 2022, those fish faced during their first summer at sea. Anything in red on this map is unusually warm or warmer than the long-term average. And you may notice that it is red everywhere. In normal years, the ocean would look mostly white on these maps. And these weren't just warm years, they were so unusually warm that NOAA declared 2016 through 2019 a major marine heat wave in the Bering Sea. And you may have heard in the news about the blob in the North Pacific Ocean. That heat wave occurred from 2014 through 2016 and again in 2019. So it overlapped in time with the marine heat wave in the Bering Sea. Two heat waves at the same time is why this map is red all over. But I also want to point out the really dark areas uh, in coastal juvenile rearing habitats in the eastern Bering Sea. So this is where AYK chum salmon would be rearing in their first summer at sea. These dark areas are five degrees Celsius warmer than the long-term average. Um, and that, that is um, very significant. At five degrees in our da daily lives doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but a few things to consider. Sea surface temperatures tend to be far more stable than air temperature. These are also degrees Celsius, which is 1.8 degrees or 1.8 times larger than a Fahrenheit degree. And I, these are comparing averages. So, so these are really, really anomalous because when you have an average over a long period of time, that kind of evens out some of the day-to-day -day variation. And comparing these averages in these ways, five degrees is very, very significant. Now consider that the juvenile chum salmon, the ones that should have returned in 2020 through 2022, they were experiencing extraordinary heat waves during their first summer at sea. Um, and those that survived to winter then were hit with a heat wave in the North Pacific Ocean. So they just couldn't escape it during their first year at sea. Thanks to these marine surveys, we now know that when sea surface temperatures increase, we see changes in several aspects of salmon biology. We've seen chum salmon ex exhibit considerably poor condition in very warm years, and more fish have empty stomachs. Chum salmon shift their food from a really diverse suite of high quality food items to less diverse and much poorer quality food items in, in these very warm years. We've also seen higher proportions of salmon and non-salmon species from the southern Bering Sea migrate into the northern Bering Sea in particularly warm years. There is quite a lot of evidence that these marine heat waves that occurred in the Bering Sea and the North Pacific Ocean were unprecedented in size, magnitude, and duration, and they did have profound impacts on juvenile chum and their ecosystems. But our job isn't done yet because there are other impacts that people are concerned about. 
like harvest, competition, and predation. And they might be less critical for driving this particular decline, but they're still legitimate concerns that people want answers to. And one of the only sources of information on marine life of salmon in the winter is the International Year of the Salmon Surveys that occurred in the Gulf of Alaska and North Pacific Ocean. Surveys occurred in 2019 and 2020 in the eastern Gulf of Alaska, and that's the light shaded with the grand survey design that included several boats um, with international partnerships occurring in 2020, and that is indicated by those areas in the white box. The department is collaborating on a project that leverages these winter survey samples to assess potential competition between AYK chum and other stocks and species in the winter. We will analyze distribution, genetics, diet, and condition during the winter, which will help us evaluate competition between and among species. This summer, we have plans to conduct a survey in the Southern Bering Sea that will focus on Cuscoquim and Bristol Bay stocks. Thank you for your time. I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Mr. Wood, and then Mr. Carpenter. Thank you for coming back with this information. Very much appreciated. Uh, right or wrong, I have drawn a conclusion, and the conclusion is pretty simple that a lot of the problems with the chum population probably relate directly to the heating of the ocean waters, the sea surface waters, however you want to put it, and for the reasons that you listed, not only the, the prey source or the predators coming up. Do we have any indication that, that that is changing, going back down to what was normal before? Through the chair, we do. Uh, so 2020 was significantly cooler 2021 was also cooler, and so far it looks like 2022 uh, will be. Uh, 2022 is also cooler. We're in 2023. So if indeed that trend continues and we stabilize somewhere down there, is there going to be an additional time lag to when this prey source has to repopulate the area and the predators will chase south? The information we're getting is exactly that, that it's taking a while for the ecosystem to bounce back. So, so it will be a lag we should expect. Do we have any idea what kind of time frame we're talking about? Is it a matter of years, decades? In the most recent survey that occurred in September of 2022, those juvenile salmon were in, in much, much better condition. So it was really encouraging. They were eating more normally, they were in better condition. How exactly that plays out to how many fish will return as adults, we don't know yet. We're still working on those uh, forecast models. What's your professional gut feeling as to when we'll see chumps returning in decent numbers? I, I don't think it's gonna happen this summer necessarily. Uh, I'm hopeful for 2024. That's Dr. Katie Howard in a presentation she gave to the Alaska Board of Fisheries meeting earlier this week. Join us Monday for a public safety update from Bethel's police chief, Pete Hicks. This is coffee at KYUK. That's coffee weekday mornings at 840. Catch up on old episodes by visiting KYUK.org or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcast.